1: Yeah!
2: Coffee.
3: it make me be me, and make me be. Me, make me be and oh, make me mean.
2: Warning Each ...were presented to me by the victims of the crime or the perpetrators who committed the crimes. My descriptions of the crime scenes are what I saw with my own two eyes. If you are going to get offended, turn this podcast off now. Thank you. Hello everybody and welcome to this episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. As always, I'm your host, Woody Overton. And before we get started on the conclusion of the Screwdriver Red series, which is titled Murder by You, I want to give a shout out to one of the most amazing podcasts you'll ever listen to. You know I don't listen to a lot of true crime podcasts, or I hadn't in the past. I'm starting to more and more now because I've been introduced to so many great people. But one of the first ones I've listened to is a show called Dark Poutine, P-O-U-T-I-N-E. And its host is Mike Brown and then Scott Hemingway. And they're from Canada, y'all. And it is super duper. The show is. It's more than just true crime. They do cover some great crimes. but They have some episodes that are just almost bizarre right, with the true crime. So it's a breakaway from your normal, just true crime and the banner and back and forth. They don't do it like that, right? Some of the back and forth banner between hosts and things I listen to on these podcasts, I don't really get it. Well, I get Mike and Scott's and they flow well together. It's very well researched and produced. And if you don't find something interesting in dark poutine, well, maybe you need to get your temperature checked. <laughs> Cause I, I had the privilege of meeting both Mike and Scott and taking a picture with them the, this past weekend at CrimeCon 2019 in New Orleans. But I had been speaking with Mike before CrimeCon and we have become friends on Facebook, etc. And he's just such a great guy and very personable and always interacts with his fans. And, you know, he's given us some tips, being the new kids on the block. And I just really, really Want to give Dark Poutine and Mike and Scott a shout out, y'all? Please go and listen to them, and I promise you, you're going to find something that you love. I mean, it's just really well done, and they are having mad success in Canada and across the world, right? And so, just you couldn't ask two better guys. You couldn't ask for a better show, better produced and quality and entertaining as it gets. And then they play on the Canadian things also. Even the name of the show itself, Dark Poutine, is just strictly pure Canadian. So without further ado, let me introduce you to Mike and Scott of Dark Poutine.
4: Hello there. My name is Mike Brown, creator and host of the Dark Poutine podcast, With me, as usual, is my good friend and co-host, Scott Hemingway. Say hello, Scott. Hello, Scott. (sighs) Dark Poutine is not for the faint of heart or squeamish. We're two ordinary Canadians who chat mostly about true crime in Canada and our dark history. Subscribe to Dark Poutine through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your on-demand audio. And join us weekly to get your fill of Dark Poutine. All right, so
2: there you have it from Dark Poutine. Y'all go and subscribe and listen. Say hi to him on the Facebook pages or whatever social media you want to use, and I promise you he'll say hi. Actually, both Mike and Scott join our Real Life Real Crime friends fans and crew weeks ago and introduced themselves to the group and well i know we have a ton of listeners that are listening to them now because of that interaction alone so just great guys great show and mike and scott i really appreciate y'all and y'all look for links to them on our social media starting this week and i'm even going to post a picture i got to take with them at CrimeCon. Great guys. We really appreciate Dark Poutine. So let's get started. This week's episode in the conclusion of the Screwdriver Red series. The episode is titled Murder by You. When I left you last, the jury had just retired to try to reach a verdict in the Mark Lewis trial. And he was on trial for second degree murder for the killing of little sweet young Caitlin Adel. And the jury retires, and we're sitting in the courtroom on pins and needles. Now, let me back up for a second. Okay, when I started my very first day after being promoted to detective, I've mentioned this in the past episode. I stayed after work, and my desk was in the back office. And in that office, there were two filing cabinets that said murder on them in cold case. And so I stayed after work almost every day, especially the first week. And I started digging through the cold case files. And one of the oldest ones I found was from 1993. And it was a case of a lady who had been brutally murdered in the Mormon church parking lot in Denham Springs, Louisiana. And like I said, in 1993, now she had been shot three times in the back. And her name was Janet Benoit, B-N-O-I-T. And she didn't go down without a fight. When the scene was processed, they were able to collect strawberry blonde hairs and... DNA samples from her hands. So she fought her attacker viciously. And evidently he didn't appreciate it too much because he shot her and he didn't shoot her face to face. He shot her three times in the back. I would assume that means she was running away probably after she beat his ass and yanked the hairs out of his head. And he's a little bitch. So what does he do? He shoots her in the back three times, and the leaves are dead in the parking lot. I had mentioned this in the first episode of the Screwdriver Red series, but I didn't tell you I had read the case personally. The case was worked, and it was worked properly, but everything led to a dead end, no pun intended. Ultimately, the case went cold. I mean, it went frozen, right, for 16 years. So the day of Caitlin Adell's trial, the day that the jury went out, my phone rang, and it was Detective Ben Ballard. Now, y'all have to remember at this time I'd already transferred to Louisiana State Police as a criminal investigators out of headquarters of Baton Rouge. So Ben and I had worked on Caitlin Adele's case hand-in-hand, hand, and I had been there for a the couple of days for the trial. So he calls me that morning. He said, dude, you're going to shit and i'm like what man what he said you're never going to believe who dna came back and we're going to clear a cold case off of it and i said who man who And he said fucking mark lewis he said screwdriver red's dna came back to a prostitute that was murdered in 1993 in the mormon church parking lot in Denver springs and i told him i said was her name Benoit, Janet Benoit? He said, yep. I said, dude, I read that case years ago when I first came into Texas. So it's the first cold case I ever read. And so I knew what it was, right? And I said, I said, I can't fucking believe it. I said, I knew Mark Lewis was good for way more than one killing. I just didn't think we had caught him. And so I had a lot of mixed emotions that day. I'm so excited about it. I really want to get a jab in on this punk fucker. And... Once the jury goes out and retires, I go and I sit up one where the court reporter area It's just to the left and a little bit higher than where Mark Lewis was sitting at the defense table. And the bailiff let him meet with his daughter, talk to his daughter, who's one of the last ones that testified in the case. And they had a little whisper visitation session, which I didn't really agree with because... Mr. Nett didn't get to visit with Caitlin anymore, right? You know, fuck him. I'm sorry for his daughter, but he's just a monster. So I just was waiting and waiting, and the visitation with the daughter stopped. Finally, the daughter went away, and so I'm literally three feet from him, and I'm sitting on a higher level. It's like a step up to where the table where I was, and I'm looking across the courtroom where he's facing the front of the courtroom sitting at his defense table. And I said, hey, Mark, Hey, Mark. And he turned his head and looked at me and he looked back straight. And I used a line from the movie, The Patriot with Mel Gibson that always stuck with me in that movie. When Mel Gibson's son gets killed during the new war that's breaking out. And he was this great hero in the Indian Wars, but he killed a lot of people. Right. But he says, I always feared the sins of my youth would come back to haunt me. And it's so I used that on Lewis. I said, I said, hey, Mark, I said, have you ever thought maybe that the sins of youth would come back to haunt you? And he kind of turned and looked at me again like I'm stupid. And I said, Janet been my bitch. And I'm kind of whispering it. And his eyes went fucking like saucers, big eyes, white. And he's just he's kind of a pale dude anyway. But you could see the color drain out of his face and he turned around and he jerked his head back around the front i said that's right bitch i said we're gonna put your ass to death i said i know that janet benoit is not gonna be the first one that you killed but we got your dna and you're fucked and i said we're not gonna stop to pin all your murders on you and he just wouldn't even look at me wouldn't say anything and his attorney walked back up and then (laughs) he said tell him to stop talking to me and mckee said why are you talking to my client? I said, I wasn't talking to your client. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. He said, well, he just said you were talking to him. I said, well, fuck him. And I'm not talking to him. And so it's not like Lewis could go file a complaint on me saying that I told him that we had him tied to DNA to the murder of Janet Benoit. Right? I mean, that's bringing attention to himself and he didn't want to shake it up and he didn't really know what we have or didn't have. So Continuing with the story, I just had to fuck with him a little bit, spread the love. The jury was out for about three hours. Once they came back out and got some more instructions, and then they went back in, and they came back out, and they had a verdict. And the verdict was unanimous, guilty of second-degree murder. All 12 members of the jury, they were polled. They said, yes, guilty, 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 times 12. And... Lewis just didn't even do anything. He just didn't hang his head. He didn't look at the jury. He just kind of stood there. Now, being found guilty, second-degree murder, he's automatically going to get life in prison without the possibility of parole. So as soon as they say guilty, the bailiffs take him into custody. The deputies handcuff him because now you don't have to not have him handcuffed in front of the jury. It's not going to... Influence in one way or another. So they immediately snatched him up and cuffed him. And when he was leaving, I said, Sins you youth, Mark, sins of you youth. And he just cut evil eyes at me. Right. So I was really, really, really emotional when they came back and said guilty. There were cries in the courtroom. And I'll never forget this. And I almost got teared up about it. And I was so fired up that we'd gotten justice for Caitlin and Ben Ballard. Have become really close with Mr. Nat And he was sitting with her on the shout out to AstroPro for sponsoring
3: this episode and providing us with free samples. My allergies are throwing my whole morning off. Do I sound different to you?
2: I love it. <laughs> it's that time of year though, bro.
3: I sound different to me. I feel like I'm in a submarine. Yeah. Well,
2: have you tried AstroPro? It's faster, bro. Oh. Right. Astro Pro is the first of its kind nasal allergy spray.
3: Sayonara.
2: Bench sitting beside her, holding her hand when they read the verdict, and everybody started crying. And Ben teared up a little bit himself, too. I mean, it's rightfully so. I mean, it's an emotional deal. And in cases like this, you make that connection with the family, and it's just, it's like they become your family. And I think this was Ben's first big case like that. And I knew he had that connection with Miss Danette and, and the rest of the family. And I mean, it was emotional for everybody, but I really, I was so proud of the work that he had done and just a class act and sitting with Miss Danette holding her hand while the verdict comes back as she goes to show what kind of character Ben Ballard has as a human being and as a detective. So we'll fast forward a little bit. All right. They can't charge. They could have, but they didn't charge Mark Lewis with Janet Benoit's murder immediately, okay? I, I told you about Stan Carpenter, the supervisor of the detectives, and he's smart. And yes, the DNA in her hands, Janet Benoit's hands, and his hairs in her hands, and the fact that she followed him, thats I mean, that's really, really good evidence. And probably would have been more than enough for a conviction, but Stan's like, you know what? Fuck it. We don't have to rush it because he's already gone to prison. They're shipping his ass to Angola right now. I mean, he's not going to get out. He's not going to beat anything on Caitlin's case on appeals. So we have time to work it. Ben Baller and I think Detective Ben Bourgeois, y'all, who's now Bourgeois, is the chief of detectives for the sheriff's office now in Livingston, and he is a jam up guy, a great investigator, and we worked the street together and he went to the detectives and I came to the detectives after him. We worked together for many years and not only that, we were very good close personal friends and we hunted and fished together and, and did things together with our families on our days off. So been super smart. They took their time and they worked it. And I don't know all the details, but let me tell you what I do know is they found somehow the great investigative work, they found the pistol that Mark Lewis shot Janet Benoit with. Mark Lewis had given the pistol Colt 38 Special. Remember, I told you the bullets were able to be matched. That Patrick Lane matched the bullets from Janet Benoit's body to a Colt 38 Special. Well, they, Ben and Ben, Ben Ballard and Ben Bourgeois worked it and somehow they were able to develop sources that told him that Mark Lewis had given him a pistol years before. And the guy had it. He had it in the top of his closet, tucked away. And it turned out the fucking pistol was Mark Lewis's mama's pistol. Originally, she had bought it. And they were able to get the pistol and send it to the crime lab. And Patrick Lane positively, 1,000%, identified that as the pistol that murdered janet benoit so they don't stop there they have everything up right they have the ballistics they have the dna etc and they bring him in and they set him up they show him pictures of janet benoit say, have you ever met her he says nope and then they roll out the evidence they have okay well fuck you you're done not only have you met her she whooped your ass basically in the parking lot and yanks the hair out of your head and you you know, shoot her in the back three times. And so he then confesses. Now think about this. And I think about this every time I think about Mark Lewis. Why does he confess? I firmly believe in my heart of hearts, he confesses because he already knew. I mean, I already told him we had the DNA, right? And then Ben and Ben worked the case for so good and so long, and they are able to bring him in. Get him to deny it. And then they show him the evidence they actually have, which he knew I wasn't full of shit now lying about the DNA. And he's confronted with the gun and the fact that they have it. He immediately confesses. Why? I'm telling you, it's because he has more bodies on him. Or that's cop talk for uh, I know he's done more murders. And in his mind, if he thinks, oh, fuck, I'll hurry up and confess to it and they'll leave me alone. And they won't look at me anymore, right? Cause now I have two life senses and hopefully they won't find out about whomever else it is that he murdered or raped or whatever over his time as a criminal or his adult life. I just, you cannot tell me that he killed Benoit in 1993. Then less than two years later, he abducts the girl with the screwdriver. And was, he would have killed her, too, had she not escaped. And then he gets out in he has some dormant years before he murdered Caitlin. And fuck that. He didn't stop. So, though of course, they were looking at him for every kind of cold case they can. Now, when we get his DNA, is put into the CODIS database, which is the nationwide database. Every criminal or now it. Most states are like Louisiana, they have, if you're arrested for any type of sexual crime or crime of violence, they swap you automatically and put you into that database. But I think probably a lot of his victims would have been before DNA was real prevalent, and I'm sure a lot of his victims would have been a high-risk lifestyle like Jenna Benoit. So, who knows, in a lot of the cases, DNA may not even been an issue to be collected at that time. or the DNA was so degraded, it couldn't be used. But now with advances in DNA and all this genealogy DNA that's being done where, you know, they can tell who you are by your sister or your mama or whomever getting into these databases. And I think as that grows and becomes more acceptable that these databases are used by law enforcement to find any kind of relative match, shit. Yeah, and not heard the last Mark Lewis. You can believe that. I promise you that they're going to get him on something else before it's done. But, fuck him. He's in Angola. He's where he needs to be. Two life sentences, and he's never getting out. Now, let's take it a step further. They have a program now where victims, families, members, and offenders can meet. And, but they have it in Louisiana. They have it in some other states also. And Miss Danette, God bless her. She actually took part of the program and she went to meet Mark Lewis at Angola. Now, it's not like I want to wake up in one day and go meet the killer of my daughter, right? So it's a like a screening process, and he has to be prepared, and they have to prepare her. So it's a lengthy thing that leads up to it. But the gist of it is she's a very brave lady, and she went in and she met him. And this is why I say that in the descriptions of the episodes that he victimized people as recently as 2018, where he tried to victimize Mr. Nett, in this meeting. So they go in, and they have the meeting, and it's at Angola, and there's the counselor's in the room, and Lewis comes in, he's his, his cocky self, and she just asked him why. You know, tell me what happened. I want to know exactly what happened. Um, she said, how did you get her to your house? And he said, oh, I offered her a snack. And she said, well, what'd you offer her? And he said, like peanut butter and jelly. And Mr. Nett knew that Caitlin didn't even like that, right? She was like, "I know he's fucking." She'd say, "Fucking," she, she doesn't curse like that, but she said, "I knew he was lying because she didn't even like that." She said, "But at least he was talking, and I want to hear." But she said, I told her, she "said no, that's not true," and he ends up saying that he called her over to get high on drugs. Now nah, that to me is victimization. Okay, he's trying to hurt her in any way that he can, and by degrading Caitlin, saying she was going over to do dope with him, that that is a fucking load of bullshit, okay? Nothing, nothing, no proof, no anything that Caitlin ever even thought about drugs. I mean, I I would bet my life on it that she didn't. She truly was a sweet, innocent girl. Anyway, he tried to say that's what it was, and then... He said that he choked her to death from behind. He didn't say that he tried to rape her or whatever, but that's what happened, y'all. I mean, I think he got her over there. He'd been masturbating to porn all day. He'd been thinking about her for two years since he looked up her shorts, and he'd been trying to groom her, trying to set up this thing, and in his mind... He had this fantasy that she was going to come over there and he's going to be this smooth player and he was going to have sex with her. Right. So, but he gets over there and I don't know how he got her in the back guest bedroom, but when he does sugar turns to shit and his fantasy doesn't become reality because Kaylin truly is a sweetheart, young, innocent girl. She wasn't going to do it. She wasn't going to have sex with him. Like he thought she was. And so when she says no, and I'm guessing he unzipped her pants and she resisted and he panicked like a little bitch and he choked her to death. And then he panics again and goes and disposes of her body. But... The fact that Mr. Netwin did this is really important. I'm sure it's important for her on on personal levels to try to get some type of closure. But it's really important from a legal standpoint because it's the first time Lewis ever admitted that he killed Caitlin. So when you do that and you have witnesses to it, you can't appeal. There's not going to be these... 12 years of appeals, him saying he's innocent, and the, us as the cops, have we got it wrong. So, Mr. Nett really is a warrior. And in my mind, I, first of all, to be tough enough to sit down with that piece of shit and look him in the eye and then listen to him lie about Caitlyn and degrade her character or whatever. But, Mr. Nett knew Caitlyn's heart. She knew she wasn't into drugs and she knew she's dealing with a monster in Lewis, right? She absolutely stopped any chance of him ever getting out of prison for Caitlin's murder by getting him to say that he choked her to death. Now, Lewis's problem is he's a narcissistic, psychopathic piece of shit. And I'm sure that he got much pleasure out of sitting across from Mr. Nett and saying those degrading things about caitlin and trying to victimize mr net again but fuck you lewis jokes on you when you said you strangled her to death and from behind you just sealed your fate forever so couple that with the fact that he pled out to murder and janet benoit then he's never going to get out of prison and he's going to die in prison and that's where he deserves to be And that's what deserves to happen to him. But I want to say this. We do the sphincter scale and on a rating scale of assholes from one asshole being a person who should barely be on probation probably to 10 being the worst of the worst. And then we have our ultimate tier, murder by you, which murder by you means you should get the death penalty. You shouldn't be breathing. You you don't even deserve to live. Mark Lewis is murdered by you all the way, times infinity. And I want to add this. Now I know somebody up in Angola has heard about real life, real crime, the podcast by now. And even though they don't have the internet and they don't have the ability to listen technically to podcasts, etc., I know that they have inmates in there that have cell phones, that have wireless service, that have internet service. Okay, that's a big deal now. When I worked in corrections thirty years ago, we didn't have cell phones. So it wasn't a deal about prisoners smuggling in cell phones, whether it's through paying off guards to bring it in or family members or getting it through visitation, however they're getting it. They have it and it's a really big deal now. Think about it. You're doing life in prison. If you could have a cell phone and you'd have to wait in line on a pay phone and call your family members collect. Plus, you can search the internet for porn or whatever it is you want to search for. I mean, it's a big deal. So, hey, fellows up there at Angola, whoever it is that's listening to me right now, I would like to request that you identify Mark Lewis, Screwdriver Red. Now, remember... He's a smooth character and I'm pretty sure he's chumming up whoever and buddying up to him. But the deal is I know the convict code and that is if you're a rapist or a child molester or a child murderer, then the convict code is you get dealt with. And I don't want Mark Lewis to slide his way through. On his charm and his wit. I want you to know that he murdered a sweet baby, innocent girl because he tried to rape her and she wouldn't do it. He is a baby murderer. And I know in the convict code, there's nothing worse than that. So y'all Mark Lewis, Mark Sterling Lewis, screwdriver red. He's up there. He's on the farm right now. That's what, they call the Louisiana State Penitentiary, y'all. is over 5,000 acres and they have hard labor. They make them raise their own food and everything else. So, y'all, whoever's listening, spread the word about Mark Lewis and uh, show him some love from the convict code. And when you do it, tell him Woody from Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast, sends his love. I'm going to conclude that. And we conclude this series. And y'all know it was a long series, but it's a lot of information. And I wanted to take my time and try to do it right and in a respectful way for the family and the victims. And I got a message yesterday from Kayla Bourgeois, who was Caitlin's best friend. And she was also the last person to speak to her that day before... Mark Lewis called her over and murdered her. I uh, remember she called and said, we can't talk right now. I'll call you back. And then Kayla called her back and she didn't answer. Kayla said she wants to thank me and that it was hard to hear, but that I did a good job with it and I told the truth and she really appreciated it. She also sent me some pictures of her and Caitlin. I mean, they were literally best friends, y'all, from like time they were little and so she sent me a collage of uh, pictures of her and caitlin together and then you know she said after all these years it made it brought a tear to my eye so Kayla i appreciate that and thanks for sending it, and thanks for the words because i thought about doing this episode for a long time it's just tough it's just like it was yesterday anyway thank you all for listening i really really appreciate it And I hope you enjoy the series. Now, this is actually going to conclude the first season of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. So everything we've done up until now is going to be included in season one. And so next week, we're going to be starting season two. And with that, we're going to have a lot of new stuff, new audio, new Formats, more information, et cetera. And we'll get to that. We'll, we'll surprise y'all with a lot of it. But I want to thank y'all, each and every one of you for listening. And it means a lot to me. The, the fan support has been amazing. We're over 93,000 downloads, y'all, in just over three months. And it's just amazing. It, it means the world to us. So, the, uh, I want to say, Thank you to our patron members. You're absolutely fantastic, and we love you. And I want to say a couple names real quick, and then later on this week I'm going to be putting out an episode. It's it's not about crime, but it's going to be explaining some things about the show and what changes we're going to be making uh, and listing all the patrons on it, et cetera. But today I want to tell you about a really, really cool lady. That I owe an apology to and her name is Jen Sawicki. Okay. Now Jen came up to me at crime con this weekend in New Orleans and introduced herself along with her friend Rika and they're both have been patron members since we started patron. And y'all know that I give a shout out to patron members at least once a month, right? Somehow I left. Jen out of it. And when she told me, she said, but you never said my name. And her and Rika worked together. Uh, uh, she was like, I, you said Rika's name X amount of times and whatever. I said, I don't believe that. I said, I, I just absolutely don't believe that I missed it. I said, maybe did, did you not have your last name on there? I said, cause I don't remember the last name. And she said, no, no, I, you just didn't say it. I said, maybe I said Jen and, and I don't have your last name. She said, no, I said, oh, I promise you, Jen. I mean, I can almost, certain that I said it so the next day in the hotel room I go back and I listen to every episode since she since Jen Swicky became a patron member and guess what she was right I never said her name so Jen now Jen has a daughter named Cora and she is a fan also so I want to give the biggest fattest longest Shout out ever to my new dear friend, Jen Sawicki, who is from the Phoenix, Arizona area, and her daughter, Cora. I love y'all, Jen. You are a blast. We had so much fun at CrimeCon. You have a great spirit and great personality. And guess what, y'all? Jen and Rico were my first autographs I ever signed. So that was kind of cool. And it was also kind of cool just people coming up to say, Hey, we're a fan. And yeah, I mean, it just blew my mind. But Jen, I apologize for not having ever acknowledged you as a patron member. I'm doing it now. I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you for backing us and supporting us. And we had so much fun with y'all at crime con and we're looking forward to seeing you again. And this week, the episode that I'm going to do about the new show announcements, etc. cetera, Jen and Rika were actually help, help us come up with some new names for patron stuff, etc. And I'm to explaining that in the episodes, but they were just fantastic. Love them. And we'll never forget them. So, and real quick, three more patron members that joined this week, Meg Mihaly, it's M-I-H-A-L-Y. Meg, I really appreciate you, and I thank you so much. You're awesome. And then y'all, Shayla Bourgeois, who was Caitlin's best friend, and she's the one that sent me the comment yesterday about I did Caitlyn's story of proper telling i guess you would say and it really meant that really meant the world to me and on top of that she joined as a patron member so shayla really really appreciate you and you know that i messaged you yesterday in death and your words of kindness meant a lot to me and i really appreciate you and thank you so much for becoming a patron member you're awesome i really appreciate it and y'all we have an, another lady we met at crime con miss roxana camara musa m-u-s-a and she's from south carolina and what a blast she was also and she joined as patron and roxanna thank you for doing that and supporting this through patron thank you for listening and thank you for your personality and the fun that we had in your ones you're awesome and i love you so i'm not going to do A bunch of more shout outs and announcements today because I'm I'm putting out that episode later this week. And I want you to know that real life, real crime is killing it. We made so many great connections with the top famous podcasts in New Orleans. And we're going to be doing promos with a lot of them, but it was a great weekend. And I'll I'll discuss it further in the week. The episode I'm put out later this week and we're going to, we've redesigned our patron tiers and I'm going to be listening to that this week. You should check it out. It's going to be funniest. These ladies really came up with some great ideas. And I'm going to tell you about all, all the positive changes that are coming. So, But I love and appreciate each and every one of you. If you're not a patron member, I don't care that I love you just as much and just I'm going to ask that you subscribe or like and share and, and keep helping us grow. That's just as important to me as anything else so i love and appreciate each and every one of you y'all you're on all the social media youtube and three different facebook pages including the real life real crime friends fans and crew which passed over a thousand members last week and if you're not a member of that crew Send our Dream Team moderators a request, and they'll get you approved. I'm telling you, you won't regret it. There's so much info on there, including the other podcasts I've recommended. Their, their hosts have joined our group, and, you know, it's just a lot of stuff. And if you like Real Life Real Crime, you got to love that group. And y'all, our laniac page is killer we have a a dream team moderator ryan horan who goes on there and posts live videos and he's done some contests and stuff he'll post videos talking about real life real crime and while he's doing his garden etc we call him promo man ryan i really appreciate you doing that but y'all check that out join that group it's a it's a lot of fun stuff and we swap things and uh anthony parliament i got you i got you something coming and Nicole Boyd, a fan from Australia, brought us a package and some gifts in. And we're going to do a video of that and be posting it on there later today. So anyway, I love y'all. I appreciate you. And as long as you're listening, I'll lay down the tracks. And until next time, don't let me catch you down on Murder By You. Okay, y'all, I'm going to run a promo for Rusty
3: Hinges, the podcast. Check it out. The world can be a mysterious place. It can also be a boring place, so let's focus on the mysterious. Rusty Hinges is a podcast that explores mysteries, hoaxes, natural phenomena, and weird history. Basically, anything that's a bit, well, hinky. Season 1 topics include the tale of Clarence Roberts. A man who died more than once. And then there is the maybe kidnapping of June Robles. The sun that danced in the sky over Portugal. And an unsolved murder on the high seas. Rusty Hinges is generally skeptical, but never dismissive. Well, (laughs) usually not dismissive. You can find Rusty Hinges on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. That's Rusty Hinges. R-U-S-T. You know what? I have faith in your spelling abilities, so go and subscribe to Rusty Hinges and maybe you'll solve a mystery. Probably not, but, you know, you never know.
2: And there you have it, Rusty Hinges. Y'all give them a listen and go to their page and let them know that Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast sent you. And now, and now y'all want more promo podcast bad in the boondocks and their host reached out to me and they're they are part of our private group now and they are from south carolina and they're interesting give them a listen but here is the promo for bad in the
4: boondocks hey i'm stan and i'm drew and we are your hosts of bad in the boondocks Bad and the Boondocks is a fresh take on True Crime Podcasts. We are a father and son team from way back in the sticks of South Carolina. Yeah, in a town of less than 500. And we have a shared passion for all things true crime. So every Saturday we get together and swap stories about a true crime event. We try and find the most twisted and vile losers of our human race. Now you won't hear a lot of endless banner on Bad and the Boondocks. But what you will hear is all the unedited facts on the cases we choose, no matter how gory or troublesome they are. And you'll hear it all with a unique Southern flair. And along the way, you'll hear just the right amount of discussion and jokes to keep you and us from completely losing your mind. You can find us on all the major podcast platforms like iTunes, Google, Stitcher, Himalaya, and CastBox, Or just go to badintheboondocks.com and download all of our episodes there. So, come on down to the Boondocks and get your redneck on with us. We promise, you'll have a good time. Alright,
2: that's Bad in the Boondocks, y'all. Give them a listen and... Go to their Facebook page or social media and let them know that Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast sent you. Thank you, and until next week, bye.